This is Killstreak. Crites, it's Killstreak, episode 158. I'm Eric Goslin. Joining me here again, as always, Mr. Mike Price. Mike, how are you this evening in April? I'm okay. Uh, it's a Monday. I got a little mm-hmm. bit. I got a little bit of the case of Mondays, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah. I do too, actually. Yeah. There are a couple of grumpy Garfields over here. <laughs> Uh, Mike, you just shot your movie, The Devil's Gate, yeah, um, last weekend, mm-hmm. not this past one. How did uh, how did shooting go? Uh, overall, I think pretty well. Um, it was um, probably you know uh, traumas and tragedies, notwithstanding the the most emotionally trying thing i've ever done really uh it was yeah or just like draining maybe sure is the right way to put it I f- that makes sense i felt just completely spent in every possible way um and part of that was because i ended up having to spend uh seven hours on my own in the middle of the night like packing Ugh. packing up equipment which so that sucks. which sucked a lot yeah um, but, uh, no, I mean, overall, I think what we got is promising and I didn't want to get too ahead of myself and say, oh, it's great. Everyone's going to be blown away, but I'll say sure. that it still has the potential to be almost as good as I hoped it, it could be. That's good. It could that's also be way hear. worse. Than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Once you start looking at it, yeah. you're like, oh, this isn't exactly what I pictured, but mm-hmm. I have faith that, um, You've made the best movie of all time. Thank so. you. I appreciate <laughs> it. A high standard, but I think... Listen, it doesn't it. need to be the best movie of all time. It just needs to be good enough that uh, industry people watch it and they say, this guy is a director and he should mm-hmm. be doing features right now. And He should be like Ari Aster. Who's <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Bo is Afraid, but... People seem to be pretty pissed off about it. The one it. thing I can promise is that I will be more palatable than Ari Aster to sure. a, a wide audience. Yeah, um, you are a crowd pleaser. Yeah, I think I'm going to be the best kind of like uh, like a really like the lamest kind of uh, boundary pushing, you know? Like, <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes like, sense. Like I won't be completely um, just part of the system and the churning out like meaningless stuff, but I'll be close enough. I mean, I would like the opportunity to be part of the system and just churn out meaningless things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's an honor just to be nominated. Yeah. 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 It'd be nice to say no to things. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know know about that. I don't see that in my future anytime soon. I don't either with me. Yeah. Um, so today, Oh, you didn't have any, things you've watched i don't did i watch I haven't really been watching movies i don't think so i did you know i did but i can't fucking remember what oh 
I remember. I watched In Search of Darkness 3. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, you were texting The five-hour long, yeah. you know, quote-unquote doc about 80s horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know why I like those movies because they're just like takeless. Like, like you compared it to I Love the 80s. Yeah. It is very much like, hey, there's... I'm sure I said this with every single time I've watched one of these, mm-hmm. but it's like, hey, remember this one? Well, in this one, this happens, and and but I do. Oh, it always makes me write down a whole list of movies that I want to check out. So I have a new list, and it is just kind of like relaxing to it's, watch. Yeah, it's nice to see all that, all those movies you like, and mm-hmm. um, but but yeah, it's just. That whole series, uh, I'll tell you what, it really does remind me of, and I won't name any specific names, but I've I've called these places out before. There's like two big websites that I think of as doing a lot of horror movie content these days. Mm-hmm. And both of them are like, the thing that drives me nuts is that they're so takeless. They're, yes. they're just like, and it's like, it's good. I'm glad like horror movies are getting support and there there's a platform to like have people find out about your stuff and that's all good, but it's kind of, it's like what, I don't know if, if, if people are really into the food world, but it's like what eater has become. Yeah. 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 Which is like completely non-critical. It's, it's just a place to like announce things. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like these websites sort of masquerade as places where where people might write uh, about ideas and context and histories and opinions. And it's not that it's just like this thing's coming out in two months. Here's the yeah. press release that they emailed us. Yeah. Yes, repackaged yes, yes. into an article. Um, and with like in search of darkness, I started to really notice the formula of it. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, at the end of every hour or so, then they'll have a segment about a specific thing, mm. like George Romero or uh-huh. Italian movies or something like that. And then there'll be a little bit of information mm-hmm. that you could like take away. But I, I suspect that the the movies they choose has a lot to do with who they book as interviews. Sure. Yeah. Um, and they recite, they reuse the same, I mean, like probably from the same, inter- the same Joe Bob interview in all three of them. Yeah. So I'm sure they just like pick and choose. Anyway, that's the last one. It's 15 minutes of credits at the end of that thing. What? Why? Yeah. Why? 15 minutes. Cause it's, they have all the donors cause it's uh... all like crowdfunded and they have the donors, uh, fuck what are they doing they're like saying lines at the end or something i don't know they have like people on zoom and stuff like talking at you yeah <clears throat> anyway that's the only thing i really watched that was horror related okay i watched something but i can't fucking remember what it was so. it'll come to you yeah all right let's talk about critters interesting kind of on, i mean it feels like we just did gremlins although that was like four months ago sure which is crazy a similar I mean, a lot of people consider this a Gremlins ripoff. Uh, funny that we're kind of doing a, a similar like PG PG thirteen rated mm-hmm. horror movie about little creatures back so close together. Sure. But, hey, we're just kind of going with where our heart guides us these yeah. days. 
Yeah. Um, I, I don't personally have a problem with it. Uh, and usually I'm the one who has problems with things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just in general. Um, <laughs> well, let's start with the gremlins thing. It's as good a place as any to dive into this. Uh, this movie, uh, is not a, a gremlins ripoff. Um, no, I mean, that's, that's, I think that's pretty, uh, apparent once you watch it, but also, um, this, uh, script existed, uh, two years before gremlins came out. Um, it was in pre-production before gremlins was released. Um, there were obviously rewrites, but according to, um, you know, the writer, a guy named Dominic Muir, who I'll talk a little bit about, uh, and then also the director and one of the stars also have co-writing credits. We'll get into that too. It's a real, it's a real bunch of, bunch of buddies kind of situation. Mm. Um, you know, and the producer have all sort of said like they did rewrites specifically to, to, to distance it from gremlins. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, um, you know, any, sorry, go ahead. I would say, like, on its surface, it, other than the sci-fi element, <clears throat> there are similarities, like the whole, like, idyllic Norman mm-hmm. Rockwell town yeah. being invaded by little creatures. Sure. But it's good to know that they actually were like, look, oh, we got to change some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, they certainly weren't trying to be perceived as uh, a Gremlins clone, and I think when you you're correct with when you watch it, it doesn't feel it feels like it's yeah. its own thing. Yeah, like completely. So this movie, I think, very clearly takes its inspiration from the B horror movies of the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, Gremlins aren't aliens, first of all. These this is all alien shit. So you got mm-hmm. that right there. Totally different. I always forget how much alien shit. Is in this, like, <laughs> yeah, is fully starting on mm-hmm. a space, an asteroid prison, yeah, yeah, asteroid yeah. prison colony, um, yeah. So, uh, but anyways, um, like I said, this this was an idea that was cooked up by Dominic Muir, uh, around 1981, um, and he uh, had this script for a while. Uh, and had been working on it. And he came to meet a handful of guys um, sort of uh, not directly in Roger Corman's stable, but sort of like maybe one degree removed. A bunch of them had had worked for Corman in the past, but at this point they'd sort of moved out into their own thing. And and there's a guy named Rupert Harvey, who's the producer of this movie. He He had a very small... A uh, company called Show Films S H O, which I I bet if it was around now they'd get sued, you know, mm. by Showtime. Mm-hmm. Um, if Showtime still exists, I don't know. <laughs> what 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 streamer has it been folded into? No, I don't know of any yet. But well, they have Yellow Jackets. So they do have that's, Yellow Jackets. That's keeping them alive. Yeah, there's another one. What's their other thing? I don't know. I can't remember. But I see it. I see it up there sometimes when I watch Yellow Jackets. Um, are you enjoying the new, the new season of Yellow Jackets? We haven't started okay. it. We we only watched the first episode. Uh, we're, uh, the one, we're bad. We're bad. Yeah. We're bad. The one thing I can say about the first episode of Yellow Jackets is 
Uh, you can tell that the success of the first season pumped a little extra money into their uh, music budget. Um, wow. Already a pretty robust yeah. music budget with needle drops yeah. in the 90s. All the needle drops have like leveled up 10, 10 spots on the Billboard <laughs> Top 100. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, but still good stuff. I'm not... Uh, that, that might be a solo watch for me. Jess has told me she's not so interested mm. she didn't like a certain turn it took at the very end of last episode last season hmm. that turned her off to it interesting she sounds like a wimp and you should tell her i said so <laughs> um okay so rupert harvey uh had come to meet stephen herrick the director uh don keith Opper, co-writer and um Charlie from the film. Uh, mm -hmm. And then uh, Dominic Muir, this writer, uh, all on a movie called Android starring Klaus Kinski. Um, this was, I think, 81 or 82. Um, mm -hmm. So so all these, these guys start to meet each other. And then and there's a movie called City Limits, which came out in the intervening years. And that was another one where Sir Stett uh, who's the DP and um, I don't, I actually don't think he shot it, but Don Keith opera was on it and Muir was working on it. And uh, Stephen Herrick were, was, was part of the editing uh, staff. And he, he made the jump from editor to director with this movie. Cause what happened was Dominic Muir showed the script to Stephen Herrick who wanted to direct. He was a, 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 a Texas guy. He he mm -hmm. grew up in San Antonio. He went to UT Austin. Um, he sees the script. He says, it's great. I like this a lot. Let's make it. Uh, so they start, they show it to Paul, to Rupert Harvey, who's a producer. Harvey likes it. Uh, says, yeah, we could do this. Then this starts a, 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 a long process of production. At a certain point, they bring on new line uh, as a co-producer and their budget immediately gets multiplied by like five. Um, but when new line came along, they wanted to bring in an experienced director and Stephen Herrick, having never directed a movie before, basically joins forces with Dominic Muir and says, we are only making this movie if Stephen Herrick directs it. Um, hmm. and it was a back and forth for a while, but they kind of stuck to their guns and eventually everybody caved. And, and that's how Stephen Herrick got to direct his first feature. Now, in case you don't know, Stephen Herrick, uh, after this in 86, his next feature is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah. Um, which he then follows up with one of the other, in my opinion, great comedies of the late 80s, early 90s, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter is Dead. Mm -hmm. And then he pivots to being a sort of Disney company golden boy for most of the 90s. He directed The Mighty Ducks. Three Musketeers, 101 Dalmatians, live action. He did Mr. Holland's Opus. Mm -hmm. um, he starts the 21st century directing Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg. And then, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And then that was kind of the beginning of the end. Um, <laughs> but still, great run there. Yeah, a really incredible run. And, and honestly, that back-to-back -back of Bill and Ted and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter is Dead is, for me, something incredible and... I mean, it also makes sense, though, that it's like, okay, yeah, this this particular sort of sense of humor and style that this guy has obviously appeals to me, um, at least in the late 80s. Um, 
He had since shifted into more TV. He worked on a number of uh, different revival series. He worked on Dallas. He worked on Hawaii Five O, Rush Hour, and MacGyver. Um, mm. He was a co-EP on MacGyver. So, uh, but again, to be clear, this is the 2016 to 2018 MacGyver. Right. Not yeah. Classic. Yeah. So what's the what's the MacGyver's real name? Rich, uh, Richard Angus, is it? Oh, oh, you mean the actor Richard Dean Anderson? The actor. Yeah, Richard Dean Anderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 I used to know a lot about MacGyver. That was a big show for me when I was a young man. <laughs> um, is his last name Angus? His first name Angus? Yep, it is. Nailed it. Angus MacGyver. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's got all that Scottish heritage or, or what have you. Um, okay, so that's Stephen Herrick in a nutshell. Tim Surstet is the cinematographer of this, who also worked on Android. Um, he has really one of the most winding, crazy filmographies I've seen in quite some time. Uh, and I, I, you know, we might run a little long, but I would love to walk you through this and just get your, really, just your responses. Uh, you don't even have to say anything. I just, uh, mm-hmm. um, so he started out on Android in 1982. He did a couple other really small things. Uh, he shot the house on sorority row and mm-hmm. Penelope Sirius suburbia. So I think, I believe that was her first, uh, narrative feature, right. That came in between decline of the Western civilization parts one and two. Yeah. Um, was there, there might have been another one too. Yeah. I might be confusing. Yeah. But Penelope Spheris, another, uh, speaking of Stephen Herrick, uh, another very underrated 80s, 90s director. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think she gets nearly enough credit um, for just her handful of incredible documentaries. And then obviously Wayne's World is like an all timer. Um, okay. But back to Sir 1984, he does Teen Wolf. 1986, nice. he does Critters. Then 87 is when he kind of launches even more mainstream. He shoots Mannequin Myth- oh, yeah. and Mystic Pizza. Um, 89, he comes back to work with Herrick on Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. 1990, Men at Work. Um, oh, yeah. And Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Then in 92, he shoots Peter Bogdanovich's adaptation of Noises Off, um, which is really weird. Um, I don't remember that one at all. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think uh, Michael Caine's in it and Christopher Reeve. It's kind of fun, but Noises Off is meant to be a play, not a movie. So, um, have you seen? Have you ever seen a performance of Noises Off? No, I haven't. It's sort of the platonic door slamming farce. It's literally like, it's like the stage, because it's like it's like a it's like a play in a play. So uh-huh. it's all these actors like in a door slamming farce, and the set has like six doors. And people are constantly coming in and out of doors, like the whole thing. It's very funny. I I, I like it a lot as far as plays go. That's funny. Um, so he does a bunch of mainstream weird sort of kids movies and uh like romances, the favor, getting even with dad, to Jillian on her thirty seventh birthday, and you think, okay, whatever, this guy's, what's you know what what does this dude matter? Then in nineteen ninety eight, he shoots the wedding singer. This mm-hmm. swings him back around into a uh, comedy. Uh, he follows up in 1999 with Office Space. Um, then he moves from like good comedies to shittier comedies. Uh, he shoots 
uh, the hot chick. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he shoots a movie called Clock Stoppers, directed by Jonathan Frakes. It's a weird kids movie. Uh, oh, I was thinking Clockers from Spike. No, that would be like, that would be even movie. weirder. Summer Catch, <laughs> the baseball movie with Freddie Prince Jr. and Jessica Biel. Um, so again, it's like the reason I'm bringing this up is because it he keeps almost like getting good and then uh-huh. drops back to like this awful shit. And then in 2006, he shoots Little Miss Sunshine. Oh wow! Uh, and Idiocracy. And then, so he has another burst of comedy stuff. He shoots the brother Solomon 17 again. Mike Judge's extract. Uh, yeah, Judge loves him. Yeah, the Ricky Gervais movie, The Invention of Lying. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or All About Steve, uh, starring Bradley Cooper and Sandra Bullock. Anyways. <laughs> oh, yeah, that movie. Yeah. That movie yeah. sucks. It's a terrible, terrible movie. Yes. <laughs> like, so bad that it's worth mentioning. Um, and then he shoots that awful Peter Farrelly movie 43 anthology. Oh, that. Yeah. I've never, I've only seen clips of yeah. that, but yeah. that looks. Whew. And then, and then we get, he shoots, but then in 2014, he, he crawls his way back to B tier comedies. He shoots sex tape with Jason mm. Siegel, uh, and Cameron Diaz and then get hard. <laughs> you remember mm-hmm. the Will Ferrell goes to prison movie. Um, anyways, Real fucking roller coaster of a career Tim Surstead has had. Um, but this was like maybe one of the, I think this was the second feature he did that, that had any box office success after Teen Wolf. Um, and he's part of this core of dudes, Dominic Muir and um, Stephen Herrick. And the other one who we haven't talked about yet, Don Keith Opper, who is Charlie in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to the best of my knowledge is one of the only cast members who will return in all of the sequels. Um, but he was mostly a writer to start out. He actually kind of transitioned to acting as he had more. He's a handsome guy. Out. Yeah, he is. It's funny. They give him that old buck tooth kind of thing. But then yeah, yeah. when they ditch it, when he's the alien, it's like, oh yeah, he's like hot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he had a co-screenwriting credit on this, and apparently what happened is Muir was dealing with Hodgkin's disease, um, which he he did manage to recover from, and he lived until about 2010. Um, but at the time the movie was going into production, he was too sick to work, and so Don Opper was like the on-set like, rewrite guy, basically, because uh-huh. uh, they were friends and he was already going to be in the movie. So similar to the sort of Shane Black Predator thing excuse me predator thing um okay so that's your crew uh cast really fast uh some pretty recognizable faces up top we have d wallace at the time d wallace stone um Mm -hmm. who was coming off of uh et so this was you know she was doing well at this point do you have as big of an issue with d wallace as i do in that she always to me looks wildly different in every movie and i i and it's i don't even know that that's true but i never she has like this perfectly forgettable face Hmm. i like her this sounds like an insult Hmm. but like i always forget that she's like oh yeah she's in the howling she's in kuja she's in critter she's Hmm. in et to me those all look like different people in my brain interesting I don't know. No. Does that make any sense? I mean, it no, makes sense. Always... I, I understand what you're experiencing. I, 
I she's very recognizable to me. Yeah. Um, I think she has a pretty distinctive face, and and I I just know her well from so many genre movies. So yeah, I mean I do too, but I always like, even when I see her, I'm like that's oh when I see her name in the credits, oh that's D Wallace. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, I think you're wrong. I think you're you're. You're, yeah, you're... I don't know. I have like a, I have like face blindness, but only with D Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are worse uh, afflictions to have, I guess. Uh... <laughs> I mean, I also have E D uh, Wallace. Oh, hey, I'm sorry you're going through that. Um, okay. Also, uh, we've got our sort of sheriff character, M Emmett Walsh. Um, great character actor. Love him. Uh, this is in close proximity to his work in Blade Runner and Blood Simple. Mm. Um, Fantastic in Blood Simple. Yeah. Yeah, he really is. I think that's his masterpiece, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, Don Opper, as I mentioned, plays Charlie. Nadine Vanderveld um, is April, the sister. Mm. Uh, Billy Greenbush is the is the dad what's his i forget his name but he's just a dad um jay uh he spent his whole career pretty much playing cops uh and his final role as sheriff ed landis in jason goes to hell the final friday yeah i saw that he was yeah. in that that's his final role did he pass away no he's still alive oh. he just wow. stopped acting in 1993 so hmm. you know wow. Good for him. I hope he's having a good uh, life of retirement. Um, maybe he's hanging out with our boy Jack Nicholson. Just appeared for the first time in two years. <laughs> People are like, he looks disheveled. It's like he just looks like he woke up. Yeah, what the fuck? He's 85. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, for 85, he doesn't look that bad. Yeah, uh, for an 85-year-old, like, fat alcoholic guy, he looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? How, how did he outlive Harry Dean Stanton? That's what I want ah, to well, no, Stanton was in his 90s. Oh, was he? he died. Yeah, oh, I yeah, thought yeah. they were the same age. No, no, no. Was, yeah, he was older. Okay. And, like, also heavy drinker and smoker his entire life. Sure. Yeah, but I mean. That shit like that, like, in, like, David Lynch still smoking, makes me think, like, ah, it's smoking. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't really matter. <laughs> well, I think the thing is that, you know, it's not good for your cardiovascular health in general, but I think some people are more predisposed to uh genetically predisposed to heart disease and lung cancer and some people yeah, aren't yeah. and the people who aren't just like well doesn't really matter smoke as much as you want to uh right. you probably- yeah he was 91 when he yeah. died but i bet their fucking morning loogies are awful oh god <laughs> their their morning piss is like brown <laughs> god <laughs> so fucking dehydrated. horrible <laughs> um Okay, so the two big cast members uh, I, I want to talk about that we haven't gotten into yet. The first is Terrence Mann, who plays the sort of more notable of the two bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he has a name. Uh, is Ugg? I think it's Oh, man. I think oh, it's I Ugg. The, uh, musician Johnny Steele is the name yeah, of the Johnny musician. Steele. Um, this guy is very interesting because I saw him and I was like, man, he seems really familiar. Yeah, he does. Um, he's a Broadway actor and, and he's no slouch. He has four times been nominated for a Tony for best actor, um, which is kind of crazy in, in Les Miserables and Beauty and the Beast and Pippin. Um, he's done a shit ton of Broadway shows. He originated, 
He was not the first person to play this role, but he was the first person on Broadway to play Rum Tum Tugger in Cats. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Uh huh. And uh, well, and and the thing, I you know, he came on screen. I was like, he looks like somebody. Who does he look like? And my question was answered going through his Broadway credits as he appeared for a number of years as Frankenfurter in the Broadway performance mm. of Rocky Horror. And I'm like, yeah, he looks like uh, like Tim Curry. Um, yeah, he does. So, but like, this is, you know, he doesn't have a lot of like really big TV and film roles. Um, this is one of his bigger ones. Um, but anyways, he's, he's fun. Terrence Mann. Um, and then the last member of the cast uh the you know sort of ostensibly our lead i guess if you had to pick one is brad brad brown the red-headed son of d wallace and what's his I, name greenbush i don't mean to stop yeah. you you missed one notable person oh, oh yeah you're right i'll get there after this one okay okay, okay. um because that's sort of like a throwaway at the end um kind of thing scott grimes uh crazy career uh, did you know all this shit that he's he's like a big actor um i saw that he worked i just briefly looked at his imdb i saw he works a lot with like seth mcfarland yeah yeah in recent years so he's a series regular on the orville um mm-hmm. which i guess is a lot of what he's been doing uh the past few years he's been on that for the last i think six years jesus christ that mo- that show's been on for six yeah. years but um so he was a pretty well-known child actor he also was a child singer so he was like hmm. on the bob hope tv special and he was on an album with the carpenters and like he had a single that charted and all this shit um but, uh, you know, as he grew up, so I just really fast. Th- these are some some things from his film filmography and TV. So uh, filmography, he did Critters. He did Critters 2, Crimson Tide, Mystery Alaska, Robin Hood, the one with uh, Russell Crowe, uh, Winter's Tale. And he's going to be an Oppenheimer. <laughs> oh, um, wow. Yeah. But then his TV shit is even crazier. So he had a run on Who's the Boss, uh, on Charles in Charge, Star Trek The Next Generation. He was in 21 Jump Street. And then he had 70-episode run on Party of Five. Holy shit. a character named Will McCorkle. Um, did, you, did you ever watch Party of Five? I watched like I four did. episodes of it. Yeah. yeah. But that's, that's just the beginning, Eric. Because then he stars in Band of Brothers. Uh, and then in 2003, he joins the cast of ER and is in 112 episodes of ER. Dude, he must be fucking loaded. Yeah. Then he's had a main role on American Dad since its premiere in 2005. Uh, he's shown up a bunch of times on NCIS. And now he has a recurring role on Family Guy since 2011. Uh, NCIS Los Angeles, Shameless, Justified, Law & Order... And then he's been on the Orville for the last six years in a main role. So this little redheaded shit has had arguably the most successful career of anybody attached to this movie, um, which was weird. Wow. One person who, at least in the mid nineties could have challenged him for that title though, is someone I forgot to mention earlier, 
who who has a brief role as April's boyfriend, mm-hmm. uh, whose name is escaping me. Um, uh, Steven. Steve. Steve. Uh, Billy Zane. Yeah, Zane Man. BZ. And a, and a fun tiny piece of trivia. This is his first acting role in Hollywood. Uh, so this movie came out the year after Back to the Future. But two things happen. One, Back to the Future famously had one of the fastest turnarounds uh, ever from filming rap to premiere. It was nine weeks Holy shit. between when they wrapped, when they picture wrapped and when it premiered, um, which is fucking insane. That must have been hell for Zemeckis and yeah. the crew. Yeah, apparently there was just like four editors working on it simultaneously and just like all sorts of crazy shit like that. Um, but so for that reason, you know, Back to the Future comes out first, but he actually shot this like a month and a half before he started filming Back to the Future. Um, and according to Stephen Herrick, uh, he was like literally like he had been in L.A. for like two weeks. Hmm. He moved to L.A., he booked this, and this is the first thing he did. I mean, you can tell. <laughs> he, he has a like, real quality about him. Yeah. Even in this uh, brief like appearance, you're like, holy shit, who's this fucking guy? He's got screen presence. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. And like the way he... T- like, There's a r- small moment where he's like talking to D. Wallace at the dinner mm-hmm. table, and he's just like, fucking magnetic. <laughs> <laughs> He's like not even doing that yeah. much either. You're like, wow. Yeah, and it's a fun role because he doesn't and this maybe, you know, goes to something that we can talk about more in a second when we get into the movie. But he he he's not like a stereotypical sleazy boyfriend. He, no, no. He's kind of like he he almost is playing it really it feels very authentically where it's like this girl doesn't really give a shit cuz it's her parents and she can't get in that much trouble and he's kind of like, uh Come on, like I need to make a good yeah, impression Yeah, yeah, it's here. like your dad's really intense. I would love like let's not like piss him off and uh Yeah. Yeah, but then they end up trying to fuck in the barn anyways. So <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. Into it. Yeah. Okay. That's uh I think that's about it. Just last things on the way out. So it costs about 3 million dollars. They reshot the ending. So if you're wondering about the house being put back together, uh, uh, yeah. that was enforced that was forced upon them by New Line. Dude that that I forgot that that happens mm-hmm. that it goes back together and I was like what a bleak ending that they just get their whole life destroyed <laughs> yeah and then uh, yeah so so the reverse house reconstruction was a happy ending tacked on by New Line Cinema by the way did you know that uh, one other actress that I forgot to mention who has a smaller part but is a noteworthy performer Lynn Shay um she works uh she's like the dispatcher at the police station oh yeah yeah um she's been in a ton of stuff she's in a lot of fairly brothers movies she's very funny she's good she's been in some stuff we've covered i think once or twice um her brother is bob shay the founder of new line oh she's a nepo sister Great new line title card on this one. Did you get the that red text? I one? did. It was pretty crazy. That's I'd never seen awesome. it before. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'd seen this movie pretty recently, but yeah. I didn't remember that, and it's great. Yeah, but um, anyways, new line, uh, three million dollar budget did very well at the box office, considering its budget made about thirteen million. Um, so not shocking that it launched 
a sequel, uh, which we'll talk about next week. But for now. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about uh, the plot and our thoughts. Of all the planets in the galaxy, they chose ours. They hide in small places. This phone is dead. What? They light the dark. Jay, any luck? Just a minute. There's nothing cute about them. They've come a long way. And they're hungry. On an asteroid prison, a group of dangerous aliens, known as Krites, are set to be transported to another station. The Krites engineer an escape and hijack a ship, prompting the warden to hire two shape-changing bounty hunters to pursue them to Earth. Studying life on Earth via various satellite television transmissions, the first bounty hunter assumes the form of rock star Johnny Steele, while the second remains undecided, thus retaining his blank, featureless head. <clears throat> Excuse me. On a rural Kentucky farm, the Brown family sits down to breakfast after fa- Father Jay and Mother Helen send teenage daughter April and younger son Brad off to school while waiting on mechanic Charlie McFadden. A former baseball pitcher, Charlie has become the town drunk and crackpot with claims of alien abductions foretold by messages through his fillings. Hey, that was an incorrect period in new sentence there. (laughs) Really threw me off. I should have pre-read this. (laughs) playing with overly potent self-made fireworks in charlie's slingshot brad takes the blame when charlie accidentally shoots april and for punishment what the fuck and for brad's punishment gets no dinner for the day this sounds like it's like fucking translated (laughs) on the roof that evening brad mistakes the critters crashing spaceship for a meteorite jay and brad investigate and interrupt the creatures consuming a cow the creatures then kill and feed on a local police officer. Later, the second bounty undertakes his forum and a pair and the pair take his police car. A later besiege <sighs> Was this written in Krite and then translated to English? And later besieged the farm and cut its electrical connection. While checking the circuit breaker, Jay is attacked by one of the critters and being severely wounded just barely manages to escape. In the barn, April is about to have sex with her boyfriend Steve when he is killed by one of the critters. The creature itself is slain when it devours one of Brad's lit firecrackers. The remaining critters sabotage the Browns and Steve's cars, forcing the Browns to hole up inside the main house. 
Meanwhile, the two bounty hunters searched the town for the critters, causing a panic at the church in Bowling Alley, with the second hunter assuming the form of various townspeople, including Charlie. Brad escapes the farm to get help and runs into the bounty hunters, and upon learning of their true nature and intentions, he leads them to the critter's location. The last surviving critters kidnap April and return to their ship when the bounty hunters arrive and attempt to flee. Charlie and Brad manage to rescue April, but Brad drops a large firecracker he intended to use to destroy the ship when the critters discover their escape. Jesus. As the critters take off and destroy the farmhouse out of spite, Charlie throws a Molotov cocktail made from his whiskey bottle into the ship, causing a fire which detonates the cracker and kills the critters. (laughs) (laughs) The bounty hunters leave in their ship after giving Brad a handheld device uh, to contact them in case of future invasion and also restore the house. Unbeknownst to them, critter eggs can be seen in the barn inside a chicken's nest that seem to be ready to hatch. There you are. <clears throat> I like the editorializing about how far along the eggs are in that yeah, process. Yeah, they appear to be ready to hatch. <laughs> One of them is talking from inside the egg. Yeah, but I mean, we don't know what what point in the in the crate gestation period that is. That's I mean, it's true. Yeah, they're aliens. This guy just assumes he knows a lot. Is some Crite expert. Is this Michael Crichton over here? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Mike. Yeah. You've did you grow up with this movie? Uh, I wouldn't put it that way. Movie? I've seen it before, but I couldn't tell you how long ago. Mm-hmm. Um this is one where I was way more aware of the existence of critters than I was actually familiar with the movie itself. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that maybe I'm guessing it's Critters 2 is the one that I've seen more often. Yeah, that's also the case for me. And I think that's really a product of it being released when we were a little bit older. Yeah. And it was on like HBO a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, Critters 1, I've seen before, but um, I didn't really watch much as a kid. It was yeah. definitely part two I saw the most yeah and i didn't see i i mean in part two you know is one maybe i saw twice when i was a kid this is probably one that i think i never saw until i was in my late 20s and yeah and so i probably watched it about a decade ago and and only remembered a little bit of it i'm not sure if this is true but i watched this like two or three years ago Mm -hmm. and that may have been the first time i i think i thought i had seen it but then when i started i was like oh Mm -hmm. i don't think i've seen this and had you said that you rewatched this like a couple months ago no no it wasn't that soon i actually looked back and it was more than a year ago okay so i don't know so at some point in the last couple years i've seen it yeah yeah um yeah so blood and guts check how'd you feel about critters um it's fun it's a It's so it's like a fun little movie. It's uh, I like it. It's Mm -hmm. not really uh, it doesn't leave a huge impact in Mm -hmm. one way or the other on me. Um, And it feels like the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, I wonder It's like if I had seen this a couple times when I was a kid, would I would I be a lot more attached to it? Maybe I'll put it this way. There's not a lot I don't like about it. Yeah. Um, But there's also not much about it 
that like got me real amped up either. It's not a super exciting movie. Yeah. Um. What one thing I wrote was like I think this movie could be a slog for younger listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Like it works on me and it works on you. I suspect for the same reasons because even though I didn't really grow up with this one. It is similar enough to movies I did like that it's like kind of comforting watching. It's like, oh yeah, sure, yeah, an eighties movie about mm-hmm. a kid, yeah. Um, but like, I feel like if somebody were uh, some horror fanatic who's like twenty five watching this would be like, what? Yeah, <laughs> this is boring. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. It's like pretty charming, and I liked it. There's not much I didn't like, mm-hmm. other than that it doesn't really inspire like enthusiastic enthusiastic response yeah like is there any i guess that would be my question is there any part of this movie that is and i don't mean a moment so much as like the acting or the photography Mm -hmm. or the music or or the creature designer is there any part of this movie that is great um no no i mean some of the exterior farm shots look really pretty mm-hmm. and some of the individual performances are good yeah yeah um but like no not really yeah it looks fine mm-hmm. it looks low budget yeah i the only thing and i hope that this is something that they kind of grasped onto as they went forward and i don't know much about the other uh movies in this franchise as far as like, this one's a real mystery to me. I don't know what people think is good. Like, if there's a preconceived notion of the or- of what the ranking of this franchise should be, I oh, don't yeah. know it. I have no idea yeah. either. So I'm excited in that respect to actually go in and just sort of s- decide for myself what I feel. My hope is that they started to capitalize a little bit more on, I think, the parts of this movie that are the most promising. And mm-hmm. one would be when the critters work together or 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 have little subtitled conversations yeah that stuff's Um, really funny yeah the biggest laughs in the movie are all just like little like there's one where they get one of the critters just goes fuck yeah yeah actually jess was yeah walked into the room and looked over my shoulder right when that happened yeah (laughs) like that's a very funny moment um and uh yeah in general it's like for a movie called critters uh, and I know creature effects are tough and they can be one of the most expensive things on a film like this. Mm-hmm. I could have used a little bit more critter action. Totally. If I'm being honest. Are these, the Ch- is this the Chiodo brothers? It is. Yeah. I yeah. should have mentioned that up top, but this is actually, I think the second, really only the second feature that they did uh, like creature stuff on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like the opening space stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just really fun and like, cheesy and stupid yeah like seeing all the different aliens and you never really like you don't see a ton of them right and you mostly see them in like profile but it's like effective enough to be like hey what's that guy's deal (laughs) yeah it's charmingly cheap um yes but it's not like so cheap that it's like it's it's like ugh. it's like it's it's just there's just enough work that went into it that you're like this is fun it's a it's like endearing you're know reminding me of um like budgetarily mm. is next generation 
<laughs> it's like sure. that level of like makeup design yeah. and special effects in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where the, I feel like there's a lot of stuff where it's like they found a pre-existing thing and they're like, we can put this on a person yes. and then like kind of like zhuzh it up a little bit so it looks like some specific alien stuff. Yeah, yeah. The um, the face melting, not mm-hmm. melting, but like the face uh, when they're taking the faces of. Yeah, that's great. That stuff is awesome. It's like um, Return of the Living Dead. It's like yes. the wax, kind of the wax time lapse. But it's cool how they go in two directions with it, right? Mm-hmm. They melt the one face, the formless face melts off, and then they reverse footage and they kind of the and 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 I will say that the wax cast that they did of Terrence Mann's face to do the reverse melt is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like unless there's a cut in there that I just didn't me- notice, but it's like at the end of that sequence, it looks exactly like him. Yeah, it's a cool, and it's also kind of a disturbing effect too. Mm-hmm. And for a movie that's PG thirteen, there's just—I mean, there's blood, but there's not a lot of like, yeah, kills in the way that we're used to here on Kill mm-hmm. Streak. Yeah, um, but like that, it did make me appreciate when movies that were PG thirteen are kind of meant for kids. This feels like a kids movie. Yeah, most of the time I think it, because they went PG thirteen. If I was if I was making this movie or if I was just like around when they were making this movie, I would encourage them to lean into the humor a little more. I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you want something that I remember that I'm really curious to find out if it's mm. true? I remember there being tits in part two. I hope that's true. I think I think there's <laughs> one scene where they're and it's still PG-13. Mm. Well, you could do that. I think it, you, yeah. could, you could do one pair of breasts, I think. In a PG-13 movie, if it wasn't yeah. on screen for more than, like, a second. Um, so that's, like, a, a memory, <laughs> a childhood memory I have. So I don't know Weird that you remembered that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I and I'll say that, like, the other part of this that is promising to me uh, that I, I do, just based on what I know about the cast for the future films, they, they definitely did keep as a through line, is it's, like, it ugh the the bounty hunters are more interesting than this family. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Like for sure and it seems like in in future installments they will they seem to it seems like they are probably the recurring uh like principals as opposed to yeah, the brown part family too for sure. Yeah. I, I as far as I know so here's what I think. I I I know Terrence Mann is in all four movies. Mm-hmm. Um that's Ugg, right? And then the uh, other one that, that keeps taking on identities of various townspeople eventually is named Lee in the next film. Mm. And based on what I remember, I think that Lee just continues to be played by Don Opper for the rest mm-hmm. of the films. Like he stays with that face. Okay. And it's those two guys. In, in all four movies. I so let's see if my memory is correct because in two, <clears throat> there's either a third bounty hunter that's mm-hmm. a female mm-hmm. or Lee turns into a female at some point mm-hmm. and that's where them titties come in. <laughs> well, yeah, it's interesting. We'll Those suits seem like they're hard to take off. So I'm I curious. remember a, a bearing of the chest. Like, oh, can you believe <laughs> I have these? Kind of that thing? sounds... I, I think yeah. they take... Not to like 
you know, spoil critters too stuff. <laughs> but I, I want to put this out there uh-huh. just so that like if just when it happens, manifest it. Or if it doesn't happen, then uh-huh. being like, what the fuck was I thinking about? <laughs> um uh, you weirdo. So I do like this like small town stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrote, I bet Trump loves this depiction of America. This is like like a small town America that just never really existed, yeah, probably. That's that's being invaded by foreigners. Yeah. <laughs> this is very much like what he's afraid. I bet he saw this and was yeah. like terrified. <laughs> Man, I wish I could do a Trump impression. This yeah, is a, this would be a good bit. Just like we gotta get these we gotta get rid of these critters. Uh, we need more people like Brad. <laughs> Were there explosives? I can't do it either. Ingenuity. It's yeah. fucking weird that Charlie is the town drunk is friends with Brad. Yeah. So they're playing. This is the thing. I think the script is confused because yeah. in, in the way that he speaks and in making him friends with Brad, it's like they want him to be the town simpleton. Yes. Yes. But he's not. He's a drunk. He's a drunk. Yeah. And 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 a former abductee. Right. Mm-hmm. So he should be he should have much more edge than he does. Yeah. He because he is like a. He looks like Forrest Gump, although yeah. obviously that came after. But like he's dressed like Forrest Gump. He has those buck teeth, yeah. and he's like hanging out with a little kid. <laughs> yeah, I think the movie's just confused. Um, yeah. yeah, I think you know the pacing of stuff around the farm. Mm-hmm. It starts out in a way where I'm like, cool. I'm glad that they're like developing this a little bit. But then I think it like tips over to the other side where it's like, okay, I could actually use like a little bit more advancement. Yeah. Um, because I I think it's just like, I, I'm just trying to think, you know, I got a little bit bored the second time Jay was being non-fatally attacked by the yeah, critters. Yeah, I was like, so, I was like oh, does he die? I, can't yeah. I saw this movie two years ago. But. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it feels like there's like trying to stuff a few too many ideas in a sack that quite can't quite fit them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, like with the critters, what the critters can do, right? Where it's like, okay, they shoot these little like dart spines. Yeah. It's never made entirely clear. It's like, okay, there's some kind of poison, but apparently not fatal. They knock you out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but they only use them sometimes. And then like, they can roll, but they usually don't. But then they occasionally walk, they yeah. will. There's um, a big one. Yeah. Which I think I read somewhere is something that they kind of abandon in the sequels. Um, this idea of them growing to great mm-hmm. size as they eat more and more stuff, which I think is interesting. But again, it's something that like, I think, I think just from a directing perspective, there's a lot of things in here that could be communicated a little more clearly and also a little more efficiently. Um, like all this stuff with the critter abilities and lore. And it's mm-hmm. like, it could be more fun if you were like, if you were really ha- hit, hitting that note of like, we got to stop this thing from eating more or it's going to get too yeah, big. Yeah. You know? That would be cool. Actually. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, I thought there's a funny moment uh, where after, Brad and Jay come back from seeing the mutilated cow mm-hmm. and like D Wallace stone had saw something and they and she's like all freaked out and they're like, Oh, it's probably nothing. It's like, <laughs> wait, you don't believe <laughs> you guys think something's up. You guys both agree. Yeah. Something weird is happening, but you're like, ah, you crazy woman. <laughs> <laughs> she's just hysterical. He's just, she's hysterical. Yeah. 
Um, I do enjoy the, the all of the bounty hunters go into town stuff is fun. Um, once they mm-hmm. get off the farm, uh, they go to church. The bowling alley is a lot of fun. Although, yeah. am I crazy for us just assuming that a critter would roll down the bowling alley? Oh, I mean, it seems like a fucking given. It right. It's a slam dunk, but no. Yeah, no. Even no. a slam dunk with a critter <laughs> would be great. <laughs> the big critters dunking yeah. a little critter. Um, yeah. That stuff is good. Uh, the Oh, did you catch the E.T. doll getting ripped up? Oh, yeah. How could yeah. I miss it? It's like D. a fucking... Wallace insists that she had nothing to do with it and didn't know about it. It's such a drawn out little scene. Yeah. Which it's like, it's fun, but it would be funnier if they just did it quickly. Mm-hmm. You know? Instead, well, they like really milk it. <laughs> Does that happen? No, that'd be fun. Though. That'd be great. Um, yeah, I would be into that. And apparently... The whole thing, I I haven't seen E.T. in a while. I guess Henry Thomas also does the hot water thermometer trick in E.T.? He does. Yeah, doesn't he? I know Ferris Bueller does it. Well, no. Ferris Bueller, uh, he leans over and licks his palms (laughs) (laughs) while he's coughing to make it feel clammy. Because he Uh, says, you don't want to fake a fever. Because then you risk oh. ending up in a doctor's office, which is worse than going having to go You're to right. school. You're right. He specifically doesn't do that. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, I'll give the movie the benefit of the doubt and say that they were doing it on the nose as like an allusion to E.T. and not just being bereft of original ideas. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about uh, the creature effects in general and, and, and sort of the special effects as the movie comes to a climax? Yeah, I mean, I like the part where um, Brad is looking through that glory hole in the barn <laughs> to watch the critter get big. Sure. In the shadow. Yeah. <laughs> thought it was weird that there was a glory hole there, but I guess Charlie and Jay. Oh, well, you want a glory. Anywhere you can watch somebody's critter get big, you want a glory yeah. hole. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the creature design, I, I like them because I'm familiar with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if you really look at them. Je- like Jess is like they look like hair metal rockers. Like yeah, they do. Yeah, they don't look very good. Is no. the answer supposedly but fun. loosely based on the Tasmanian devil? <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, um, yeah, but I mean, there's. I almost don't even want to spoil it for people who haven't seen other critters movies or don't know. But there's like there is a a natural escalation of the critters that is to come. Yeah. Which is like, to me, that's like what you want. Like that, Mm -hmm. that's, that's such a iconic thing. And I feel like it it is interesting. I'm very curious to see how I feel about Critters 2, because this does sort of feel like one of those things where it's like, maybe the first Critters movie is still kind of figuring out what a Critters movie is. Yeah. I mean, I think you can say it because it's on the poster. No, I don't want to spoil it. Okay. Some people won't go look at the poster. I, I anybody who's poster like a fucking Mackenzie brother poster <laughs> poster. <laughs> um, I don't know how much else I have on the, um, critters. The explosions look really oh, shitty. Uh, yeah, actually, I oh they look shitty. 
At I the end. Awesome. Well, no, the house blowing up is incredible, but yeah, then, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's again these these things where it's like the whole thing doesn't just come. It doesn't come together quite how you want because yeah. the house blowing up is incredible, mm-hmm. and then the spaceship blows up and it's like nothing. Yes, yes, yes. And you're yeah, like, that what? house blowing up is fucking awesome. All those boards flying around that seems yeah. so dangerous. Yeah, and I think they did it out in Newhall Ranch in like the summer, so they had a mm. bunch of fire trucks there ready to put out brush fires. Oh God. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was my actually my last note was the explosions. Mm-hmm. Oh, pretty good. Uh, I really, really enjoy the very brief amount of time we get to spend with Johnny Steele and his band at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very oh, that's, fun for an hour and with credits, mm-hmm. an hour, 25 minute movie without credits, an hour and like 22 minute movie, Oof. like three minutes are that music video. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. though. Could have made it five. I would have been fine with it. Um, so there really aren't a lot of kills in the movie. Deputy Jim, I believe mm-hmm. is his name, gets darted and pulled under his car. Yeah. Steve gets his belly eaten. Um, I didn't write down. I, I was too late into the movie when I was like, I should be writing down the critters deaths. Yeah. Well, cause those are the only two human deaths. Yeah. Uh, well, there's the critter who eats the firecracker. Mm-hmm. There's one that gets shot with a shotgun. Yeah. Right. Is that the, oh fuck moment? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, then a bunch of them get blown up. Yeah, um, they die the Challenger style. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> came out same year. <laughs> that must have been a real later that year. That must oh, have been a real brutal reminder. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, the cow. The oh cow. yeah, the cow. Let's uh, see. Yeah. Um. There's got. There was at least one other noteworthy critter death. Yeah, one of them does. One of them get squished by something. I don't know. I can. I'll look it up. I mean, a bunch of them get offed by the bounty hunters. Yeah, yeah. There's the toilet one, which is definitely like a Ghoulies nod. Mm-hmm. Um, did Ghoulies come out first? Oh yeah, Ghoulies is like same year as Gremlins. As Gremlins, okay. Yeah, a couple years before this. Let's see lists of death on critters. Two Krites are killed off screen by crew members mentioned. Jesus. Um, pedantic douchebag. I know three chickens get eaten alive by Kreitz. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Kreitz one gets blown up from the inside by the firework, one gets shot, one gets crushed underneath the ceiling fan. That's, That's right. right. Okay, uh, a goldfish gets okay. eaten by a Kreitz, <laughs> one gets shot by Helen with a shotgun, one gets shot by Ugg's cannon. The giant Krite gets blown up by Brad with uh, in the spaceship. Also, three more Krites we lose in that explosion. Okay. So really just the ceiling fan one is what we were forgetting. Yes. All right. Uh, well, usually you say this, but I'll say it since you just read all that. Eric, what was your favorite kill in Critters? I don't know. I guess the shotgun. One, okay. of, the ex- one yeah. of the exploding critters. Yeah. Because there's okay. like a nice splatter of blood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's you? A, um, I will probably go with Steve. Um, mm. all, not because it's a particularly like good effects death, but I will say it is pretty funny when he gets the critters on him and then he tries to run away and he just runs into the side of the barn wall. And <laughs> yeah. Falls down. Do you- they were dry humping for so long. Yeah. Like a full 
two or three scenes happen in between the, the start of the dry hump and the finish. <laughs> Maybe they went all the way in between and then uh, and then we miss his refractory, his refractory period, period. <laughs> and then they're dry humping again to restart yeah 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 oh, to be young again oh <laughs> uh, yeah remind me to tell uh, you something off the air um, okay <laughs> um okay zombie thumbs up or down is this movie gory mike no it's pg-13 no and you can kind of feel it Ghost thumbs up or down? Is this movie scary? No. No. <laughs> and then finally, wed, bed, or be head. Yeah. Right? We didn't yeah. change something else, did we? No, <laughs> yeah. We, we should. <laughs> we should. Yeah. We should change it. It's a new season, right? Oh, yeah. Oh. This is a new season. I'm guessing you didn't change the theme song. I did. You did. Incredible. I'm excited to hear uh, it. So here's a little story. Uh-huh. I did it yesterday. Okay. And I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I exported it. And then I went to listen to it today in the export. Uh-huh. And for some reason, because I had just opened up the old project of the last version. Okay. And I changed the instrumentation and I moved some stuff around. And uh, it had reverted back to the old instruments. Weird. like the midi instruments okay and so i could i had to recreate it in a new project couldn't had no idea what anything i had changed it to because i was just like kind of doing it willy-nilly yeah so i made another version of it today quickly uh-huh. before this record and i don't like it as much <laughs> but i can't remember what it was i did before so it is what it is okay it's sort of like uh it's sort of sci-fi inspired in like unsolved mysteries kind of show ish inspired. It's the same song over and over. Yeah. Over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, um, okay. Well, just I look- do want to give myself, um, maybe a week's grace period where I can, you might change, change it. Up a little, I might change it up. Fine. We'll see. That's fine with me. Uh, okay. I went on Wikipedia to look up fuck, Mary kill. Um, first of all, apparently, uh, it's not, it's tasteless and juvenile. <laughs> Oh, uh, me. I don't know of if you course. knew that. Uh, <laughs> uh, a 2020 hostile work involve- environment lawsuit was filed against hedge fund Advent Capital, alleging, among <laughs> other things, that male employees of the company played the juvenile game Fuck, Mary Kill. Um, I mean, that's definitely a double-edged sword right there, because part of me is like, yeah, fuck those guys, but also part of me is like, I don't know. It's not an appropriate workplace thingy, right? Yeah, yeah. You want to edit that out? Or, nah, it's fine. Apparently, okay, so here's something as a p- potential jumping off point. It sounds like the youths of the last 15 years have sometimes adopted the name Bang, Smash, or Dash, which doesn't really make sense because banging and smashing, <laughs> I think, thing. are the same thing. Okay, um, all right, but I think we could... All right, so... But smash and dash works. So now slash. you slash slash. Wait, no, smash doesn't work. Oh okay. no, no, smash. Well, slash is the slash. Kill. Or okay, we just need a merry version thing that rhymes with with ash. Because because smash or slash is great for merry for for fucking kill. Yes. Right. Cash. <laughs> Hold on. Let's do this in real time with our audience. Yeah, well, Words that rhyme with <laughs> dash. Oh, no. We've really hit the bottom. 
<laughs> no, no, it's good. Um, you could do lash like you're lashing through things together, right? That's a, sash. That's a, uh, sash. Like you're putting in some sort of ceremonial okay. sash. Flash, crash, crash into me. Crash um. into me. <laughs> um, flash. I like uh, that's the best candidate so far. Crash, I think. yeah. Crash. I like crash. Let's do crash. Uh, hold on, let me just uh, tash down <laughs> splash. <laughs> that's more like smash. Yeah. Um, scratch doesn't rhyme with dash. No. Uh, ash like Evil Dead. Flash. Cash no, like cash it in. Cash it in. Yeah. Cash. Let's do. Let's do crash. <laughs> All right, crash. So, Mike, crash, crash, smash, as or dash. In, crash as in crash into yeah, me. Right. Smash or slash. Crash, smash, or slash. This is going to be fun trying to say this a fucking 70 times. <laughs> uh, okay, crash, smash, or slash. Uh, this one's pretty straightforward, I think, for me. Um, yeah, any. I think anybody could guess it's going to be a smash. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was fun. I thought there was some room for improvement in a lot of areas and uh, it almost, uh, you know, I'm probably getting my hopes up too high, but it kind of makes me a little bit excited for critters too. Cause if they can kind of just zero in on the things that work here a little yeah. more, I think you could have a lot of fun with these creatures and this formula. It's just, you know, it's, it's sort of, otherwise it's just kind of like a B 80s uh, sci-fi horror thing right it's not mm-hmm. it's not in that upper echelon it's not gremlins uh it's not the thing but <laughs> but it's fun uh and i haven't seen ghoulies in a really long time but i remember liking ghoulies less than this so yeah um yeah so it gets a, a big old smash from me yeah i think i'm gonna smash it alongside you <laughs> God. <laughs> if I what are we working myself? at advent capital here jeez um yeah for all the i mean i think the movie is fun and charming um but a bit unremarkable mm-hmm. and it just lacks a little bit of excitement or yeah spark humor, maybe just something yeah. it just mm-hmm. needs it needs a little more of something yeah uh so for that reason i give it a smash but i do enjoy a critter. What? what the fuck was I? Even... I don't even know where it's going with that. Like a cr- like a tasty critter. Like, like a tasty a... critter. Okay. Um. Okay. Let's take a break, and then we have one final segment, and we'll uh, end our lives after. <laughs> Okay, we're back. We have one final segment for you. Um, I'll explain what it is. Yeah. We're calling this shit or get off the planet. I didn't know you were using the name. That's yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm about to do is list off cinematic aliens and alien races. Mm. And well, Mike and I gotta make are this going about race, man. Come on. <laughs> 
Mike and I are going to decide if they are big hitters or in the shitter. <laughs> what does that mean, Eric? Can you tell our that audience? That means if they're a big hitter, that means you like them. Uh-huh. And it doesn't have to be the movie. It could be the design, how okay. cool they look, how uh-huh. cool they are, um, but also could be about the movie. <laughs> okay. So I just got to decide if I like this alien species or not. Yeah. Are, is this cinematic alien going to go on the list of big hitters uh-huh. or is it going in the shitter? It's a binary. Okay. Yeah. And I think there also could be a third option, which is makes you titter. So <laughs> if you want to pull that out once in a while, you can. Okay. All right. right first up. First up. We're going probably the king of all, the xenomorphs from Alien. Uh-huh. Mike, do you say big hitter or in the shitter? I just say it makes me titter for everyone. Um, no. It's within okay. your right. Okay. So. As best as I understand this concept, uh-huh. um, the xenomorphs are definitely big hitters. They take over whole planets. And, you know, I think Alien might be the best alien movie ever made so yeah big hitters big hitters for me they look great they they uh are very deadly and scary so yeah, yeah. big hitters yeah uh second okay. movie up i'm improving this one i'm just adding it at the last <laughs> nice. i have the whole I list i'm adding it. this one though okay the aliens from signs big <laughs> hitter or in the shitter <laughs> well i'll tell you what eric uh all you have to do is put them in the shitter and they die. Yeah. Because they can't handle water. Yeah, they invade a planet that's mostly water. Yeah. They um, can't touch water. Real fucking smart, M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those guys are in the shitter for sure. I'm a big signs defender. Okay. Uh, up until that final reveal. Uh-huh. I like when you first see the alien, but yeah, man, if they can't touch water, those things are in the shitter. Yeah. Uh. I uh, thought I was getting ready. I thought you were gonna swing away there for no. a moment. Next up, the head that, that was a science joke. <laughs> swing, swing, swing away. You know, at the end of the movie, we <laughs> fucking dumb climax oh, of the movie oh, is Mel oh, Gibson telling Joaquin Phoenix you to said swing away, joke. Meryl. I heard science joke. No, just a science joke. Fuck? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they're hitting I'll swing away. <laughs> the headopods from Arrival. Um, I'm going to say big hitters. Those are cool designs. Like, uh-huh. I, I do like an out of the box alien design. Sure. I like that movie. Um, and they're, they're friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> they seem kind of like wimps. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, it's and we don't have to agree. Right? Doesn't what's this? I I can't remember who actually is the bad guy in in that movie because in my head it's just Jake Busey from Contact <laughs> who tries to blow them up. Um, yeah, and then they just get blown up by a fucking human bomb. That's so lame. Um, I guess I guess they're big hitters just because you don't they, have to agree with me. They can see forward into time. Yeah. It's cool. It's sort of a big deal. It's cool. Yeah, I guess it's cool. Okay, fine. It's a good movie. Let's move on. I, it is a good movie. Uh, the Critters from the movie Critters. Big hitters or in the shitter? 
I'm sorry, critters. You're in the shitter for me. And literally one of them is in the shitter. It's in the shitter, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got to agree with you, but I'll say this. They have the potential to climb out of the shitter. Yeah, totally. In future installments, but for now, they got to go in the shitter. The Ferengi from Star Trek. <laughs> Next generation. <laughs> Wow, okay. Famously problematic. <laughs> um, you, go, you go first. I don't see what all the fuss is about. Um, <laughs> no, I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think calling them problematic is accurate. Mm-hmm. It's pretty incredible that they were conceived in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. It uh, seems uh, way too soon or uh, recent. Uh, yeah, I gotta put the Ferengi in the shitter. Yeah. Um, they, they're super, super racist. And they're um, pretty annoying, too. Yeah, and they suck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're going, the Ferengi are going in the shitter for me as well. Um, the clowns from Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Um... I gotta go with my gut. I'm gonna say they're big hitters. Yeah, um, I, I, me too. Yeah, they were fun. They're just fun, and they fuck people up. Yeah, big time. Like that cotton candy cocoons. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're big hitters. Um, the duck people from Howard the Duck. I think they're technically aliens. <laughs> they are. Well, you do see that one duck's boobs. You do. That's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> Howard sucks though. Howard does suck. Uh. Yeah, in the shitter. In the shitter, me too. The Yaucha from Predator. I mean, those are... Yeah, they're pretty heavy hitters. They're pretty heavy hitters. They're, they're one yeah. of the biggest hitters we got. Yeah, agreed. <clears throat> the Martians from Mars Attacks. Um, I'll say... No, you yeah. go first. No, no, you go first. They make me titter. That's what I was going to say. God <laughs> hey, damn it. I beat you to it. You did. All right, but we're in agreement. They're making me titter. Yeah. Uh, mysterious alien creature and his family from Mac and Me. <laughs> They're never, fucking creepy. I've shit. never seen this movie. Oh, I have it on Blu-ray. You got to see it. It's great. Yeah. What's the candy in it? It's McDonald's. It's McDonald's, right. Yeah, okay. that's why he's called Mac. Oh, really? Yeah, it's 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 a McDonald's movie. I mean, like I knew McDonald's there was like a lot of McDonald's it. placement, but I didn't know that's why it was called Mac. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, abstain. Okay, I'm going with big hitters. <laughs> um, okay, the Martians from Space Invaders. Oh, in the shitter. In that the mo- shitter. That movie's lame. It seems yeah. like it should be good, but it's not. The Cyclos from Battlefield Earth. <laughs> um, I don't want to get black yeah. blacklisted. I, uh, I, I, he- I heavy hitters. They're big hitters. He- big hitters. Yeah. Big hitters. If it helps yeah. my career, they'll hit, they hit as big as possible. Heavy hitters probably is better. Yeah. Than big hitters. <laughs> That's right. probably what I was trying to think of. Heavy hitters. Because what was what did you say? Major hitters. Major hitters. <laughs> I know it's this Eric asked me before we started the segment if it should be big hitters or major hitters. And I was like, what is major hitters? 
thought that was a term for some reason. No, yes, the whole time right. I've been trying to think of heavy hitters. <laughs> heavy hitters. Okay, so from here on out, it's heavy hitters. No, it's big hitters. Dude. Okay, big hitters. <laughs> Fine. All right, Station from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Oh, big hitter with a big ass. Big hitter. Uh, oh, really, it's the crack that's big. He has a huge crack. Yeah. Uh, the Greys in indiana jones in the kingdom of the crystal skull <laughs> in the shitter for me uh possibly the worst moments in an indiana jones movie yeah they're in the shitter along with mutt <laughs> the shia labeouf's character uh mac whiplock in zebo from earth girls are easy oh my god <laughs> And I'm talking about the furry form. Yeah, no, I know. One of them is Jeff Goldblum. Who's the yep. other one? J- uh, Jim Carrey and... Jim Carrey and... Damon Wayans? Damon Wayans, yeah. I mean, those guys fuck. Yeah, big hitters. Big hitters. Finally, final uh, alien on shit or get off the planet. And there's plenty more aliens. We can do this again. Yeah. We can also do like shit or get off the monster. Get out, get out of the closet. I don't know. <laughs> Starman from Starman. <laughs> For possibly one of the scariest movies ever made. Oh, Starman. I mean, Jeff Bridges is a big hitter for he sure, is, but yeah. he's um, a, not a heavy hitter. No, a big hitter. He's a big hitter. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with. Uh, it makes me titter because because it was always very erotic in the trailer that yeah. that was uh before Ghostbusters on my VHS copy. I've seen the the trailer for Starman a hundred times, and it always made me titter because it made me think of uh, sex. Makes you titter. Uh, for me, makes me quiver. Skin, <laughs> skin. It scared me as a kid. That's, that. <laughs> That's what you mean by quiver? Yeah. Not quiver with desire. <laughs> Not a fucking weirdo. That's what it seemed like. That's what it, it seemed like you were saying that. Oh, makes me shiver. Okay. That's better. <laughs> okay. There you go. That's a good segment. Uh, I had fun with that one. That's shit or get off the planet, everybody. Write in if you want us to do it again. <laughs> yeah. And you can submit your own aliens, and we'll, yeah. we'll tell you. Um, next week, Critters 2, also on 2B. I'm assuming that's how you watched it. Uh, it is how I watched it, yeah. Um, another another hour, 25-minute-long movie, so. Got to respect it. Yeah. Um, um, you guys know our socials and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I don't really have anything to say about that. Thanks again to everybody who donated uh, to the Kickstarter movie did uh i mean just gangbusters on kickstarter and it's all mm-hmm. i don't want to say it's all thanks to you guys it's partially thanks to you guys but, but i do appreciate it and as always the crates are up to 